Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. Hallelujah. Well, I'm going to go right into the Word here. I want to put some Word in you before you go. I want you to think about the Word of God even in the midst of the presence of God moving. And, you know, sometimes people say, well, man, we, got to, we get to a place in worship and the Spirit of God's moving and then you move on. Um, just realize I know what I'm doing. <laughs> okay, we're going to have to hit that one again. <laughs> I am aware of where we can go. I will not go alone. Because I go alone. I want, I am waiting for the Holy Spirit to say to me, now take everybody to this place. In a corporate setting. Those of you that are aware, you've been around for a while in the body of Christ, probably longer than me, and you're aware of the Spirit of God moving, and you know you can go further, you're not stopped from going further just because I don't go there right now. How many know that there are people in the body of Christ, as far as a whole, that in services are frustrated because the pastor won't go the direction that they feel the Spirit of God wants to go, but they won't go there in their own time? Some people are trying to make up for the lack of worship in their private time in the corporate setting. It's true. They're wanting the, the, the corporate setting here to do what they're supposed to be doing by themselves. Now, the corporate setting is built for that. I, I don't doubt that at all. I'm just saying, don't get impatient with me. Because I'm being patient with you. Come on! I know, I know. It's like, do we have to go to that after all that in the worship? Yeah, you're pliable right now. I'm not going to waste the ground. <laughs> How many know to plant the seed? Dig, turn it over. Come on. He was like, oh, I want to go to church and just have my emotions pet. You'll die. The devil will take you out. There is more to this in the American church than a bunch of feel-good, flashy lights. The song gave me the right emotion. We are eternal beings built by the resurrection of Almighty God to live forever. Not only to live forever, but to balance and possess this vessel, spirit, soul, and body, to be able to walk in the fullness of what God has for us as a demonstration of the eternal reality that is moving closer and closer to the planet right now. And I just prophesied. In other words... There's a reason for everything that we're doing. Taking time, waiting, growing, developing, strengthening. Why? So when the Spirit of God moves real strong, and He is going to soon, even more, to where you sit back and go, what just happened? And we'll be able to prove it from the word, but yet those that have grown spiritually will be able to come along all those side, all those that don't understand and go, uh-uh, stay right here. 
Well, I just don't understand this and that. How many have walked through something with the Lord and you didn't understand it fully, but you understand it more today than you ever have? It's those that stay put that grow and develop. Don't get into, well, we just don't know and we'll never know. No, we'll know. There may be seasons where we don't know, but if we stick with it, amen? So don't quit. Don't give up. Don't roll over. Fight the devil. I mean, you took time to sing the song about he's not going to tread on you. You might as well walk in it the rest of the week. <laughs> you know, you got, some of you got really excited, like, whoa, yeah, he's not going to tread on me. Monday, we will see. <laughs> yeah. I don't know about you, uh, Herb. You got to go back and listen to Herb's teachings that he did there on the website, doing, uh, doing as a lifestyle. And he was teaching on... Uh, uh, one of the scriptures that he used in the message uh, paraphrase, it says that if you faint in the midst of battle, you were pretty weak, basically. So in other words, your strength in all of this is revealed when you don't feel a thing. And the enemy comes. <laughs> Say, how do you know that? I've been whooped before. <laughs> but I've learned how to win. And one thing about believers is, especially you that I'm looking at, we do not quit. If you don't quit God, how many, know, how many have realized that God, he'll get around all your fleshy, all your unbelief, he'll just keep working with you and working with you and working with you and working with you. He'll just keep working with you. He knows what you did in secret. And yet he still comes and goes, hey, I want to show you something. If you'll open up and let him, Ooh, he'll show you things. You'll go play. You didn't, you didn't realize were possible. Amen? All right, so let's look at this, shall we? This morning, we're going to continue in our series. Go to 2 Timothy chapter 2, and I hope to finish up this morning. We'll see. I think I can get through it if you give me a little extra time. But we've seen this um, by finishing up. Last week, we talked about the athlete. And so uh, we're in a series called Soldier, Athlete, Farmer. And I'd like to finish up uh, looking at the athlete today and then moving to the farmer. If I need to go to next week, I always can. I guess I'm in charge, so at least of that portion, <laughs> unless the Lord says something else. But we saw this. We saw we are strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Amen. And as Paul admonished by the Holy Spirit to take these truths and sit down and consider to exercise the mind in a direction. That's what it means to consider what is being said and then allow the Lord to show us individually what applies to our own life. So as we finish up the athlete and we go to the farmer, keep that in mind. Everything that's going to be coming to you as far as information goes will only be a viable part of your life to the point or to the, to the degree that you apply it. So information applied brings blessing. Amen. Now, the blessing has been brought to you in a general sense in that you are born again and you didn't have to earn it. It came by grace through faith, right? But how many know this, that there's a lot of potential in a seed, but if you never plant it? Amen? And if you don't tend to it, 
it won't produce what it's supposed to. So the analogies that Paul has given to Timothy, which we can apply to ourselves, whether we're a minister or just a disciple for the Lord, and I don't mean just a disciple, whether we're in a ministry or we're disciple, a helps minister, we're really all ministers, for the Lord, we can apply these truths as long as we consider and do, and we allow the Holy Spirit to minister to us from His Word and by Holy Spirit in every area of our life, we'll see prosperity as we apply. Now, I use the term prosperity not just in the financial sense, but in the whole sense, amen? Prosperity on all sides. How many of you know you need prosperity, spirit, soul, and body? Amen? Every area of your life. So previously, we looked first and foremost at the strength that is provided by God's grace uh, for us in, the, in kingdom work and maturity. Then we moved into the example of the soldier and the athlete. We discovered that we are, living, we are living as disciples by God's grace or strength. We are not walking out this faith walk in our own strength. Some examples we saw of God's strength demonstrated was David killed a lion, a bear, and Goliath. How many remember Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah? They stood strong in faith and were what? Untouched in the fire. How many remember Stephen demonstrating the grace of God that while he's being stoned, he forgives those who are stoning him? You know, a lot of people like the Samson analogy. You know, they hurt me. I'm going to rip a city gate off and throw it at them. But how many know strength can forgive the one who's murdering you? I'm talking about God's strength. Say, how do you know that? We were forgiven while we were yet. He for, the greatest example of forgiveness is, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. While he's being murdered, for what? Nothing he did. Talking about Jesus. That's strength. We have that strength within us. How about Peter who raised the dead? How about Paul and the crippled man? While he was preaching, he looked over, and here's the crippled man, and he said, stand upright on thy feet, because Paul saw that he had faith to be healed. So I wonder if Paul was a healing preacher. (laughs) How does faith come? And yet there was a crippled man in his service that heard what Paul preached and had faith to be what? He must have been preaching on healing. We saw this, that a soldier uh, and the figure of a soldier in this suggests obedience to orders, rigid discipline, holding the body in subjection, and valor in the defense of truth. These things should characterize all of Christ's servants. The path of devotion to Christ is not an easy way. It calls for steadfast endurance and abiding faith. These are soldier qualities every Christian needs in order that they may overcome. Come, amen? We saw also, and we looked at the fact that there was the illustration of the athlete. And in the, in the illustration of the athlete, we saw um, the athlete must exercise self-restraint. We are running in a spiritual race and must exercise self-restraint in order to obtain our imperishable crown. In our individual races, we need to ask ourselves this question frequently. Is this thing in my life a weight or a sin that is hindering my race for the Lord? Each believer must learn and develop the leading of the Holy Spirit in their lives. 
There are things spelled out clearly in the word of God to avoid in regards to weights and sins, but then there are many things in each believer's life that require direct guidance from Holy Spirit. How many have noticed that? How many have noticed that you can feel like you're supposed to maybe, uh, uh, you know, switch jobs or move somewhere or different things like that, but you can't open the Bible and, and open it up and go, look, it says Sean's supposed to move to such and such address on this day. It doesn't say, uh, it doesn't, you can't open the Bible and, it does, and, and have it say to you, put your house on the market this day. But you can listen to the Holy Spirit within you. And he will lead you, guide you, and direct you. Amen? And that's part of being an athlete for the Lord. Last week in discussing the athlete, we were looking at Hebrews 12.1, and you can turn there. From verse 1 in Hebrews 12, we looked at the examples of weights and sins as described by Paul in 1 Corinthians 9 and Galatians 5. How many know your flesh can mess you up? So let's wrap up the athlete by looking at verse 2 of Hebrews 12. And actually, Mark quoted it during the worship time. And realize that an athlete must focus on a goal. For us, the goal is the author and the finisher of our faith, Jesus Christ. So if you're taking notes, Hebrews 12.2, and this point is this, athletes must focus on the goal, and our goal is Jesus. Hebrews 12.2 says, says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So let's break this verse apart just a little bit here and let's take this first phrase if you're taking notes looking unto Jesus the author and finisher of our faith. So what do we see here? Jesus is the ultimate example of the Christian athlete. He is the author and finisher of our faith. In the act of grace uh, I want to rephrase that. He is the author and finisher of our faith in the act of grace and the dispensing of it to those who have released faith from their hearts to him as Savior and Lord. Good runners keep focus and do not look back or to the sides. How many have seen on YouTube or something somebody running a race and they're smoking everybody but they don't realize somebody's running real hard behind them and they start slowing down in arrogance toward the finish line. Good runners don't do that. That's, that's a runner who has what? Lost their, their goal, is their focus is off. I am sure we all have noticed whether in running or in driving we tend to move towards what we are focused on. How many are married? In driving, how many have had your spouse say, you're looking at that and driving towards it. <laughs> How many men have had this happen by show of hands? That's, that's most of them. Okay, good. I'm not, not the only one. All right, so in other words, we tend to move toward what we're... As an athlete, I have to focus on the author and finisher of my faith, right? Jesus is our focal point. If we consider him attentively, we will have a completing of our faith. One commentary said this, Jesus' earthly life is the supreme example of an incentive for persevering faith. 
As a runner fixes his gaze on the goal, so we are to fix our eyes on Jesus as our fixed point of reference. If we fix our eyes on problems, people, or circumstances, we stumble or sink as did Peter who took his eyes off Jesus by looking at the wind and waves when walking on the water and began sinking. By fixing our eyes on Jesus, we are anchored in faith and are progressively transformed into his likeness. So in other words, don't lose focus. Think about what happened to Peter. He, he took his eyes off Jesus, started looking at the wind and waves, and he began to sink. And after all of that took place, how many know Jesus rescued him? How many, and I, I, I was reading that passage years ago, and the Lord had said to me, he said, what do people focus on in that passage, Sean? I said, they always focus on you rescuing Peter. And he said, that is a true nature of my, that's true to my nature, my character. He said, but what did I emphasize? He emphasized to Peter, and he said to Peter, now, now some people, because of the way some of these things have been preached, look at that as a negative. They look at Jesus questioning or a preacher questioning someone's faith as a negative. It's a positive. It's not a negative. Now, I know sometimes people can turn it into a negative or they can address the issue incorrectly and then it turns into a negative. But what did, what did Jesus say to Peter? Peter, where is, where is your faith? So if we're going to answer that question, and, and I'm not going to go into detail on this, but I just want to bring this point out as a point to the fact that you need to keep your eyes fixed on the author and finisher of your faith. Where did Peter's eyes go? Where did his faith go when he lost his focus? It turned to what? It turned to fear, right? He started to look at the wind and the waves, and then he began to what? Come on, think about it. How many know it doesn't matter if it's a calm day or a windy day, you can't walk on water on your own? You're not overcoming because of anything natural in your life. You're overcoming because you have your eyes and your faith fixed on the one who authored it and finishes your faith, Amen. Jesus Christ. So why did Peter lose or where did his faith go? Why did he lose it? Because he took his eyes off of who? Jesus. Amen. So fix your eyes on Jesus. The second phrase here. For the joy that was set before him, despising the shame. In our race, there are things that we are to think little of. Do you know despise means to think little of? Things that uh, we are to disesteem. In thinking about our previous point, from verse 1, I would place all weights and sins in this category. There are things that you need to ignore. Listen to me now. That are really there and really in front of you. Jesus, for the joy that was set beyond the trial before him, despised the shame of what? The cross. So in other words, what does faith do? Faith looks at a situation and goes, what's past it? And then it focuses on that. Every 
disciple of the Lord that the Lord has allowed me to be around, that has served the Lord longer than I have, that I see attributes and characteristics in them that are of success as one of those, they have this characteristic. They're aware of the problem, they know what's going on, but they don't sit and glorify it. They disesteem it in comparison. Come on. They disesteem it in comparison to the promise. <laughs> Come on, Johnny said it while he was sharing the testimony. I, I have things that don't go the way I want them to go, but I value above. Because you're an athlete, you can do that. People say, oh, I, don't, I don't know, you don't know my personality. I'm a, Sometimes I'm like, and then I go, Lord, you've given me the grace to walk in love, so I will not get upset with this person. <laughs> right? So in other words, what? You are honoring your natural things above grace that's been imparted to you. So what if I said to you, I have a bad temper because I'm a McFarlane. And I was raised around a bad temper. So then, do I have the right to use that as a pry bar or an excuse to act like a fool? Well, that principle applies to you too. <laughs> right? I don't get that. And people say, well, have you done it perfectly? Now stop that. Let's not get so focused on all of the things where we failed that we don't even go at the goal. How many know the Lord? How many know the enemy will get you focused on things you did wrong and you, you're, you don't even know where you're running? The Lord's going, I'm over here and you're running out in the field. You, you've, you've gotten off the track. The lines are not there. You've tripped four other runners. <laughs> Am I the only one that's done that? I've literally taken out the whole row, I think. I... Whoops, that was wrong, forgive me, Lord. We need to what? Disesteem. Specifically, though, Jesus thought little of the shame of the cross because he thought so much of God the Father and the redemption of man. This was the joy that was set before him, the joy of obedience and the joy of redemption. He looked at that cross and went, What's past it? Man, he's looking for disciples that will do the same. Well, I'm in a difficult relationship. I'm in a difficult situation. This is hard. There's things going on. I know. What's past it? What's past it is your victory will bring a victory to someone else, just like Jesus is did. And you have the grace of God in you and on you to do it. I'm talking about you, not me. I mean, I do too, but you have the grace of God available to you 24-7. Amen? The grace of God is available to you. So as an athlete, you need to keep your focus, and you need to sometimes just despise and disesteem things, shameful things that are in front of you, because there's joy, joy, joy right around the corner. 
And if Jesus, and think about this, Jesus didn't just endure those things to prove to you that he was the Son of God. That was a part of it. He endured it so that he could impart to you the endurance that he endured with. <laughs> and give you the authority, the ability of God to be able to walk through what others fall apart in, what they can't get out of, and, and to be what? Not only to be blessed yourself, to be, but to be salt and light in your world. You're a disciple of the Lord. You can overcome. Hebrews 12, verse 3. Consider what Jesus went through. I'm probably going to have to preach on a farmer next week. That's all right. Sorry for all the farmers that are visiting from beach. Uh, we're gonna have to join us next week for <laughs> Hebrews twelve three. Watch this. The point here is consider what Jesus went through. Hebrews twelve three. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. Amplified says, just think of him who endured from sinners such grievous opposition and bitter hostility against himself. Reckon up and consider it all in comparison with your trials. So that you may not grow weary or exhausted, losing heart and relaxing and fainting in your minds. So what do we see? Here we see the word consider again that we saw in verse 6 of 2 Timothy 2.6. It's the same word. As an athlete, we must consider Jesus in regards to the hostility that he endured from sinners. Why? So that you may not become what? Weary and discouraged in your souls. Well, I just get so overwhelmed in my emotions and in my thinking. You're not considering what Jesus went through. Now listen to me. This is not just considering like, oh, oh, you know. You're considering it and you're getting more and more depressed as you watch what Jesus went through. This idea of consideration within the context of the covenant and what Jesus has done for us is considering the ability to overcome such vicious trial. For the joy that was what? <laughs> Now watch, I'm considering him, why? Because he's in me. And so if the trial's in front of me, what do I know? He already beat everything the devil had, so the DNA of the seed is in you. So you can look at the trial and go, how did you beat this, Lord? And as you meditate and consider, as we saw in 2 Timothy 2.7, like Paul told Timothy, think about these things and the Holy Spirit will reveal to you what you're supposed to do. Now, if you're running around and you have words for everybody else all the time, but your life is not significantly changing, I might recommend that you take more time here for you. And allow the Lord, your prophetic words, your gift of the Spirit becomes more effective the stronger or the more mature you develop individually. Sometimes, I've noticed this through the years, sometimes people have thought, even I did it. Lord, why am I not moving to this level yet? 
What's going on? And he says, Sean, you're still dealing with this privately. Yeah, but nobody sees that, Lord. (laughs) And he says, I do. Like Grammy said to me, the Lord said to her, how's that working out for you? (laughs) See, I know she heard from the Lord for her. Now, Grammy's 80 plus. Six, right? 86? Yeah. 86, and the Lord's still talking to her like that? So where do I think I am? Because I just turned 44. I'm just slightly behind her. You say, what are you doing? (laughs) Running! (laughs) So long as Grammy goes, I got to go longer. So, (laughs) you say, why? It's a competition. (laughs) All right. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Consider... She is kicking everybody's rear end right now. I mean, unless, and there may be somebody older than 86 in here. I don't know. But I will tell you this. They're doing a good job. Amen? Those that have lived that long on this earth, you know, they walk through just a few things. Which we'll have to talk about that sometime. But not today. So consider means this. To think or contemplate the example set by him. And I say this, the examples set by him. Think of Jesus and consider the steadfastness of him. Consider it, think about it, meditate on it. Lord, you went through the cross. The blood was that shed. You were, had a crown of thorns. You were whipped. You, were, you had your body opened up. In the midst of, before the crucifixion, before all this took place, Lord, you, you went through uh, mocking. You went through repeated times where the enemy worked through people that you were dying for to redeem, that mocked you. They made fun of your miracles. They didn't accept you for who you were. You demonstrated the nature of God perfectly, yet in the midst of it, you died, well, flawlessly and unconvicted of anything. What kind of strength is that? Because I don't know about you, when somebody accuses me of something and it isn't worthy of the electric chair, it's not like they're trying to put me to the electric chair, you know what I mean? But when they accuse me of something that I didn't do and I know I'm innocent, everything within my natural wants to stand up and go, no, am I the only one? I did not say that. And if I did, I didn't mean it like that. (laughs) Come on, how many have noticed that? How do you think Jesus... Now, I'm I'm fallible. Jesus didn't do anything wrong. There was no evidence against him. He was the spotless lamb, just like the lambs that were brought to the priest in the Old Testament. They would find one that had no defect or, you know, there's no such thing as a perfect lamb. But you understand what I'm saying. Jesus was perfect, is perfect. You could find nothing wrong with him. And they said, we'll take Barabbas. Yeah, it's true. We are Barabbas. It's a fair trade. We'll take Barabbas. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you this. I'm so thankful Jesus let the trade happen. 
How about you? But what you say, what do you see in that? You see the you see how religion and politics will always do the wrong thing. Not to hit too close to home, but it is. What is hostility? The way Jesus bore such enmity of sinful and religious men against him. So great opposition aimed at him by sinful and religious men. One commentary says, It was sheer faith in God, unsupported by any visible or tangible evidence that carried him through the taunting, the scourging, the crucifying, and more bitter agony of rejection, desertion, and abandonment. His own disciples ran. And he knew it was going to happen. When we read the scriptures, we realize that some of the things that Jesus went through were for us in substitution. And some things Jesus went through were, as an, were an example for us to follow. How many know we're going to have to follow in some of these things? We, here we have an example of something to follow that the natural does not want to have to face. But in this example Jesus gave us, we not only see the difficulties we will face, but also the power of God to overcome. You therefore, my son or child, be strong in the what? Grace that is in Christ Jesus. Let us not become weary in our souls. We see here that this is a cure for the athlete or the disciple who is weary. This, there is a grace or an empowerment available to all believers that we must take time to tap into and it comes from considering what Jesus went through considering what Je- considering what Jesus went through not only makes our situation not seem so difficult but it also reveals to us the keeping power of God available in our race These passages of Scripture are not filled with discouragement, fear, and overwhelming hopelessness. These passages of Scripture are filled with what? Truth and the reality of this life, which imparts faith and strength to what? Overcome. One commentary says this, Careful consideration of Jesus' endurance of persecution has the power to encourage believers and keep them from gradually fading and dropping out of the race when things get tough. And I put underneath that, things will get tough at times. Darn it. (laughs) You say, what do you mean? Well, I would like it to be flowery beds of ease while we were here. You know, sometimes the church sells a bit of goods. If you get saved, everything will go away. Yeah, right. If you get saved, everything will intensify in the fight. But now you've been given the empowerment to win. And that's where we need to have the focus, amen? Considering Jesus amplifies what Paul means by looking. He does not mean a casual, occasional look at what the Bible says about Jesus. Considering is a Greek word which carries with it the idea of a careful and consistent study and meditation. Paul wants these Hebrew believers to dig deep into Jesus' endurance by considering what and how he had endured. And what did Jesus endure? such hostility from sinners. This was not just talking about the brutal cruelty Jesus endured on the cross, but also the opposition he endured for, the, for his entire ministry. Not only did the religious leaders mock, question, and criticize, they actively planned to kill him. Amen? Do you have anybody actively planning to kill you? 
people say, maybe not that I know of. <laughs> In other words, the fulfillment of God's plan for each individual's life comes with the ability to fulfill it from Him. You cannot determine whether you're winning or losing by your circumstances alone. You have to determine where you're at by considering Jesus and allowing the Holy Spirit to reveal to you your next move. I want to, I mean, we believe in the gifts of the Spirit. I, I flow in the gifts of the Spirit. I'm all for them. But there comes a point at some point where you have to hear for you. I have to hear for me. And then out of that, as we, and, and this, this, for me, this is how this works. And we'll stop right here. But this is how this works for me. As I consider what's being taught, as I consider Jesus and I'm reading and my mind is fully engaged in what's in front of me and I'm listening to the Holy Spirit within me, all of a sudden a light goes on and I go, I know what to do. Guys, this is how I've overcome multiple things in my life. Whether it be fleshly things, whether it be uh, making decisions on things. I have bought uh, vehicles doing this, more than one. I bought houses and sold them doing this. Doing what, you say, a, a holy angel choir dropped out of heaven and sang in multiple part harmonies. You're to marry Heidi. And I was like, ah, oh, okay, I'll do it. You say, how did you know who to marry? Pray in the Holy Ghost. Now, it would have been easy for me to make my decision naturally. Because my wife's good looking. Well, when you're up here, you can brag on your wife. All right. <clears throat> but that's not what I looked at. Primarily, I looked here. Here. Why? Because he'll never lead me astray. And I did that at 19 years old, 20 years old. And how many know that was a day and a half ago? <laughs> you can do the same. Consider him. Well, there's difficult situations. Consider him. Well, the, the path is not the way I thought it would be. Consider him. Well, it looks like they're going to kill me. Consider him. Consider him. Consider him. Do not quit. People say, well, I feel like I'm going to pass out. Keep running until you do. We'll wake you up, and then we'll get you running again. The Lord's not going to let you pass out. Come on. You'll get your second wind. Shelly Robbins, your second wind is on the way. It's a coming. I saw it during worship. 
So you don't, don't roll up the sail. Throw it out and let that wind catch that thing and go. This is what I'm going to do. There's already a prophetic word over my life on how I'm going to die. People say, don't talk about that. Why? I have it in my file. I know how I'm going to die. When I'm done. <laughs> Glory! Right? People are like, what are the details, you know? <laughs> this thing will wear out, and I'll throw it off, and whoever's around to bury it when I'm gone will do what they do with it, and I'll go on. Because I am not a pile of bones and meat. I'm a spirit. I'm just in here looking through these windows. That's it. That's right. We just cross over to the other side. I was watching a comedian last night. I know that's spiritual. And he said, I'm going to have fun at my funeral. He said, I'm going to put a frozen yogurt bar at the end of my casket. <laughs> frozen yogurt bar. He said, I'm going to leave stuff in my will that the lawyers are going to have to figure out. <laughs> people, you talk about this, people are like, oh, because you care too much about this. You don't realize you're eternal. Let me help you with something. You and I are going to die. <laughs> but the good news is this. You're born again. Paul said, you've passed, on, out of, you've passed from death unto life. You've already died in the spirit and been raised. It's just your physical body. A frozen yogurt bar at the end of your casket. Well, don't make light of it. Well, I'm not making light of it in that sense. But I am making light of it in another sense. Paul gets done with all these things that he says, and he goes, oh, death. In other words, on you, death. That was not tongues. So, this comedian... Oh, I didn't forget. I can't let this go. He said, I'm going to write in my will that I want my body scattered, but that I don't want it cremated. <laughs> oh, I'm so tempted to put that in there. Oh, man, I was laughing so hard. He goes, can you imagine the lawyers and the family trying to figure that out? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Here's the thing. For those of us, stand please. For those of us that are born again. For those of us that are born again. 
And if, uh, like we've had, I have loved ones that have gone on to be with the Lord. They've, 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 their bodies have died and they've gone on to be with the Lord. What's going to happen at the return of Christ? Their bodies are going to what? Raise. You will know them in a way that you can't even fathom right now in the natural. We get so, and it's, you know, it's not a sin. We're so aware of the natural and the soul, the, talking about the emotion, the natural things, and the physical body, that we don't realize the realities of the spirit. We feel him and, and sense him at times. But you realize this, that the spirit world is more real than what you see in front of you. And you're interacting with the Lord all the time and you've, even if you've been a believer for a few years, it becomes kind of natural to you. And, but yet you have this other side of you that kind of pulls you to this earth. So I don't mean to be insensitive about death. That's not the issue. The issue is, is I realize that there's coming a day where a trumpet will sound. And the dead in Christ... And you think you, you think they, you know, if, if, if you have a family member, like my father passed away three years ago. You have a family member that passed away. You remember them a certain way. And when they come back, I know of, I know of ministers, uh, one particular minister whose father died in an untimely kind of way. And the Lord actually took this minister to heaven to see his dad. He said his dad had jet black hair. But all he ever knew his dad had was gray hair because he grayed real young. And he looked, he looked like he had age and wisdom, but he didn't look old. You know, God's not on the throne with a cane leaning against the throne going, somebody help me up. <laughs> ah, but yet he is wisdom and understanding beyond what we can understand just in our natural thinking. He's eternal. He's, he's, if I can say this, he's old, but he hasn't aged a day. Nobody created him. This will mess with your head, but it'll give you security in your faith. He, nobody created God. He is. Come on, he is. What did Jesus say? I In the midst of everything going on in this world, the United States, our little world, our little blip in time that we're going through right now, God's in heaven going, we're good. We're good. People rail against God. You know, if you're, they, like that old evolution lady, she stood on some place, like this was years ago, and she stood in this place, in this rock or this piece of a mountain, and she shook her fist up to heaven and said, I am God. And God's in heaven hearing, I am God. <laughs> in other words, God's in heaven going, oh, I hope you see before you die. God doesn't have to run around and prove who he is. He is. Amen. He is. 
How many love that about him? He's so good. Does it feel like a long service? <laughs> Some people are like, I don't know. Hey, work on your endurance. Yeah, this is not boring. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the Lord is our focus. We consider Him. We don't look to the right or to the left. Stay with Him. Now, before we close, if you need prayer for anything, we have our prayer uh, workers up here. You can come up and, and get prayer from them for anything. Don't leave without it if you need it. Baptism of the Holy Spirit, healing, salvation, any of that. Rededication. People say, well, do I have to go up there? It's good to make a public declaration if you're going to. don't have to, but Jesus hung on a cross publicly for you. Just a good idea. Amen? Hallelujah. God's good. Amen? So you've been fed. You've been filled. You've worshipped, you've experienced the power of God, you've heard testimonies, you've been taught. You have Monday tomorrow. Hallelujah. You're salt and light, so go, go shake on somebody. <laughs> Brighten up their day, amen? And we'll see you Wednesday night. God bless you guys. Have a great week. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.